0: Welcome to Genesis Culture with Walt and Christy. We're speaking with esteemed pastor, best-selling author, Paula White-Cain. Welcome, Paula. So good to be with
1: you today. I'm excited about it.
0: We're super excited as well. Um, we had the chance to uh, read your newest book, and um, it's amazing. So your newest book it's out now. It's called Something Greater, Finding Triumph Over Trials. Um, it's a really mind-blowing book. It's quite riveting um, it's engrossing, and I feel like it's so engrossing because it's it's such a, a poignant book in a time where most of the country is experiencing trials of some sort. Um, mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit about the book, and, and what was the writing process like for it?
1: You know, it was not an easy book to write. I've written so many books, and this uh, took me years and years. Um, literally like 10 years because I felt there were some things that I needed to land, um, three years of actually writing it. And, And when it was released, I thought, and I'll get into kind of the premises of what it's about. As you said, it's overcoming our trials, and something greater is not necessarily a bigger house, a bigger car, a better job. Um, Something greater is finding that true life of purpose and peace and joy in the midst of what can be just earth-shattering brokenness. And I write very open, very authentic. It it was very difficult because when you write, you're literally becoming one with it. And I've written many books, but they're they're typically very topical. And I take the principles of God that I've always lived by and walked by and used them, but I, I just basically completely... Disrobe and show from the very beginning of uh, of my life, going starting with my father's death, committing suicide when I was five years old, till to sexually and physically abused, to uh, finding really the, the true love and the love of my life. I didn't grow up in church, and I got saved when I was eighteen years old, had a radical conversion, and literally talk about the rejection and how my mother and stepfather just, you know, rejected and said, hey, they thought I'd become crazy and this Jesus freak and everything else. And uh, it worked out okay for me because everyone in my family got saved and and God has been certainly good, but went through some really difficult times living in a trailer and got pregnant out of wedlock and find myself in uh, just a lot of brokenness and a lot of hurt. And And so I I just really open up and talk about how ministry started for me. And someone gave me a turkey and I started feeding down in Washington, D.C. area, actually. And I take them all the way through the story. And I wish I could say that, that that was it. I mean, 2002, I was writing in my journal, can life get any better? I felt like Cinderella, like somebody put the glass slipper on me, like I was so, and I've always had this mad love story with God, and, and I was a girl that just spent so much time in His presence, and I love worshiping, and I love praying, and I love staying in His Word, and that was really the genesis of my ministry, that I did nothing with two years of my life but stand the Word of God, and uh, we built a very large ministry, Paula White Ministry he had come forth, it was basically like a mini syndication, we were on every network you can imagine, which was a miracle within itself because I had $10,000 to my name and it'd take me seven years to save that and I signed this contract for a million and a half that obligated me to it and I, I just took this leap of faith. I mean, it, it was it was so crazy at the time and looking back, my whole life has been nothing but this just myriad of miracles and we started a church with five people over an incident in Tampa where they gospel Um, doused a man with gasoline because of the color of his skin and God said go in there and I started a children's program and it became a worldwide ministry second largest church in the nation at the time but then around 2003 um, life just really began unraveling and falling apart and, and it was one of the most difficult decades that I'd gone through I went through, I chronicled it, 19 life crisis, 35 different events, everything. Most people know about a divorce. I'd gone through what was a very unwanted divorce. I kept thinking my marriage would make it. It would be a miracle. Um, this would be a blip on a radar screen. And it was an ugly part, a bad part of life. My ex-husband had had a, a complete breakdown, and he talks about that very openly now. And got addicted to Valium, and Valium had led to Oxy. Oxy led to other addictions, and 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 one addiction is like another one, whether it's a drug or a woman, or you know, and and you know, I'm grateful of the work that God's done in his life now. But it was it was devastating to our family. I went through uh, twelve plus years of investigation. We started. We came hard against pornography. And next thing I know, the FBI and criminal IRS are at our door, and I couldn't understand. We'd always had financial integrity. Of course, we were cleared in six months of a three-year investigation. Go through this divorce. Uh, My daughter had cancer, died of cancer. I mean, it was just devastating. I found out my son was an atheist, an addict. And it it was like everything that I believed as a promise of God, everything that I thought and you know, it was, was, gosh, you've, you've brought me through. This is, a, this is the best ever. It was like my my world fell apart. I mean, my world was crashed. And I say this now, that the greatest blessing in my life is that God loved me enough to reduce me to Christ. And, and people don't often understand that. But I really did find out that in him I live, I live, and I have my being and the story doesn't end there because there was a time that I was in a deep depression and lost 30 something pounds and thought why I ever love again laugh again live again and I go through the process of of how God brought me to something greater that is truly in him I live and I move and I have my being and I could take you to this point most people are interested in you know well how did you become the spiritual advisor to president Trump and How did this 19-year relationship start? And I, I detail that all in the book. And all of these things, I think we look at our life without full understanding how the pieces of the puzzle all fit together. Because I can stand on this side, surely not saying I've arrived. Because I think that God takes us from glory to glory. But being open enough with people to say that... One, where you start in life doesn't determine where you're going to finish or, or what God has for you. And what God has for you, no man can ever stop. That you're the only person that can let go of that purpose in life and that destiny. And that God takes, I mean, stuff like when I lived in the trailer, they called me trailer trash. And I said, God's in the recycling business. He takes what other people call trash and turns it into treasure. and And little did I know that, that God would literally allow me to see nations shaken, which is what he told me when I was 18 years old. And what I thought would be the way he'd do it, of course, was through Paula White Ministry. It would be through television. And while he used that, and I'm grateful, I'm so grateful, God had a plan that I didn't fully see and understand, that he would literally connect me with a man, that he would speak to me very clearly and say, show, me, show him who Christ is. And I took that as a Christian witness, and it was very, you know, I, I mean, I've encountered all, all kind of people from, you know, the down and out to the up and out to the up and in, and I talk a lot about his background and the strong mother of faith that he had and praying godly mother that he had and his background, but how this was really a divine encounter and, and some of the supernatural aspects that took place, well, little did I know, or probably did he know, that one day he would be president of the United States. And that God would put me in a position to be able to influence His kingdom and people of faith in a way that it still to this day blows my mind, and that's all part of something greater. It doesn't mean, again, I don't think I've ever sought anything. Like I didn't ever seek to, you know. I, I say I became a pastor by default. I I didn't. I wanted to be a mom, a, a wife. You know, like my big dream in life was to have a family. And uh, it's just interesting how God takes some of the worst things in our life, the trials, tragedies, and traumas. And if we allow him to not only bring us to a place of wholeness, but become that living epistle and that person of purpose to carry forth the plans
0: of God in the earth. Amen. what, um, What you said was just, it was so, I guess it was, when you were discussing it, it I felt like I was there with you. And, that, you know, seeing that, like, a lot of people don't rebound from that. A lot of people would, you know, go in the towel. They would be angry with, at God. Um, but you persevered on. And, and I think that that's so incredible. Um, at any point, was it, I mean, it must have been painful to revisit some of the parts of the some of the parts of your life in this book. Um, how did you deal with you know having to re- revisit those painful times in order to address address them in the book?
1: It's so true. I mean, I think that's why it took me so long to actually write it, and that's what I was going to start to say. And I'll answer this, and then go back to that question. Um, when it actually came out, I'd just taken a position in the administration i'd been in vetting for like two years or so and i i thought man just the timing's so off like anyone who's ever done a book or understands a book tour and and what you're doing and all that goes along with that and and to go into an administration there's just it, it seemed very incompatible to me like god here we go again you know just the worst timing for things but again what a sovereign god that we serve I was actually on a radio interview and someone said, Paula, little did you know that you would be writing a book for the entire world who is going through a trial and trauma in a difficult time. And so I didn't know that there would be a pandemic right around the corner. But of course, God knew and God would use the story of how did I get through it and and how did I. I don't want to say remain intact because I think the entire landscape of life changed. Everything changed, but I, I changed in ways that the person I am today um, is a much greater person because it is, it is truly in Christ. I live and I breathe and I have my being and I move in him. And what I mean by that is there really was a death to me that brought forth a life. And I, I, I thought I'd picked up my cross and carried it. And there were times that, that certainly weren't easy when I was writing the book. I think that's why it took so long because there was, I remember, I remember writing the chapter about Kristen, my daughter's death. And I would just stop and start weeping and crying and realize like, like I just, you know, I'd rip it up and then start over again. And and parts were so difficult and so hard and and not that you aren't healed from it it's just you really become one with it and there's there's uh yeah you know those those times because i i do talk very openly or when you know randy came to me and said i've got good news and i've got bad news and the good news is i love you the bad news i'm not going to stop my behavior and, and i was really left with an ultimatum and i talk about Having to go through some of those difficult things and, and not doing it, you know, I think a lot of us would be like, God, it's one thing if you get to hide your stuff privately. Like Moses, when he was on the after he killed the Egyptian, he's on the backside of the desert. And virtually the Bible tells us nothing for 40 years, I call it the 40-year gap, and that gap is like God saying, none your business. You know, he gets to work out his issues privately.
0: <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> it's a whole other thing when you're living publicly. And literally, like, I could not during that time hardly put two sentences together. And, but the world didn't stop. I wanted the world to stop, just stop. You know, let everything stop. Don't you know my my world's falling apart? And it didn't. Uh, there were still almost three hundred employees. There were still, um, you know, I mean, kids that that there were still an entire life, an entire world, uh, a, a massive ministry that had been built. And, and then there was the craziness too of people like saying, "Well, what did you do wrong? Is there sin in your life?" I like it felt like. You know, the man sitting there, the blind man saying, who sinned, you or your parents? I'm like, wait a minute.
0: Right. I, I'm the girl that
1: loves God. I'm the girl that has spent 12, 14 hours a day in front of, in the presence of God. I mean, and not that we get anything by our, our works. We know that it is the finished work of Jesus Christ. But, But honestly, I mean, to this day, I've never smoked a cigarette. I've never done a drug in my life. I mean, at that point, I'd never watched an R movie. I'd never, you know, when I got saved after kind of all my mess of my young life and my early, early part, and I talked very openly about that of my early teen years and my early twenties and my first year or two of salvation, and not really even comprehending the change and that was happening. But I can truly say my heart was so pliable and always has been very pliable to God. It. And he's so wonderfully patient with us, which is why I love where he says a good man falls down seven times and gets back up. But I could truly say at that point in my life, when I when the the nineteen life crises and thirty five events, I mean literally chronicled them, um, happened. I was thinking to myself, but but wait a minute, you know, and people looking and judging. You're in the headlines fifty two weeks in a row, and about fake news. I knew fake news before it was ever tagged as fake news, but I didn't know what to do about it. I would learn what to do about it. I would learn how to fight back. I would learn how to defend myself, but I didn't know at the time you have a two year statute of limitation and you need to do this. And, you know, these are, this is how hard it is to fight a defamation or slander. So it's just like slanderous and Defamatory and everything else that you're going through, and it's not just like a one punch. It's a one, two, three, ten, twelve, fifteen punch. And so again, uh, through everything, uh, y- you know, I I look back today and 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 say, you know, I I wouldn't change anything because it formed me for who for who I am, and makes you recognize how temple. Life is and the adjustments and the course corrections that need to be made. They'll they'll be made, and God uses what the enemy meant for bad, according to Romans chapter 8, verse 28. And he'll take it for those who love him and who are the called according to his purpose in alignment with his intention. Um, And he'll use it for the good. So I don't know what someone's trial is or their trauma is, but I do know that God has something greater, that the one thing you have to get is a... uh, uh, Absolute perseverance in your heart and spirit. No, no matter how far down you are, how depleted, how weary, how worn out, um, how helpless, how hopeless you feel, to know that it's not over. And I'll say this in kind of conclusion of it: someone spoke into my life at the time said, "Keep standing." And when you're there, you're like, for what? Why? What is there to stand? You know. And of course, you know, it's not to diminish the fact that, that you have a, a relationship with God and and the strength of that. Um, but it's saying, you know, it, it's hard to understand when you're in the midst of something and it's not lasting just 10 days, it's years and years. Like Second Samuel said, this, there was a long war between the house of David and the house of Saul. You can stand something for 10 days, maybe 10 months, but when it becomes year after year after year, and so they said keep standing because just like the earth rotates around the sun, you this thing will rotate and it will shift and your darkness will become light again. And that is so true. And those questions that I asked myself, which were some of the wrong questions, like why me, why God, or somebody say, must be sin in your life, or you did this wrong. And I'm going, but God, I didn't, you know, I never had an affair. I didn't send anybody a wrong text. I never had inappropriate, you know, it was to the best of my ability, I'm serving you. And I realized that sometimes there's radical disorientation in our life because God's done a creative transformation in anything that does not hold eternal value in our life, God will allow that to be shaken so that which is of eternity can come
0: forth. You said some, some some very, very, very powerful things there, and it's something that can resonate with everybody. I mean, I think right now the world needs the message of this book. This book, God knew that the world needed it at this time, and It's just amazing that it's out. It's a powerful, powerful book. And I just, I'm just grateful we had a chance to talk with you and to explore a little bit more, you know, the story behind the book I think is is equally powerful. Thank you. Thank you. It's been my honor. And
1: people can go get it on and Go to somethinggreaterbook.com and just go to Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Books A Million. It's a great time to pick this up. I think it'll really help. Help people understand that God has a bigger plan.
0: I agree. I completely agree. Thank you so much, Paula.
1: It's my honor. You guys be blessed and take care.
0: Thank you. You as well.
1: Bye-bye.